Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Wednesday. <laughs> Within the Librocube, it's Wednesday. Without the Librocube, shall remain nameless. Or, I guess more accurately, shall remain dateless. Ah, oh, that's sad. Forever alone. Date. Wednesdays, within the Liberal Cube, are a book of Wednesdays in which we discuss, meaning I discuss, and you listen, I hope, listen, underline hope, um, books. Yeah. Specifically books that I have read or finished reading. Uh, something I like to do at the top of every show is to say that there will be spoilers most likely. Not 100%, but consider yourself warned that there will be spoilers. Alright? Sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, uh, I'm doing it at work, so I may not be paying uh, 100% attention. Attention? Attention. Attention. So, uh, I might miss a warning like that. So what I'm going to do for you, just in case you're not paying attention, is to yell out the word spoilers. SPOILERS! There. So for those of you who didn't hear, that was my spoiler warning. Something else I like to do, uh, that I'm sort of getting more into the groove of doing, is to say that if you like what you hear, meaning this podcast... Uh, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps, out of the goodness of your heart, you pass on the podcast to a friend. Hmm. Thank you if you do that. If you do not do that, thank you for listening. Thank you regardless. Just, just that kind of person that will thank you regardless, no matter, no matter what you do. Unless you... Uh, say, cut off my penis, in which case, no thank yous for you. Today's sponsor is Graham Toker's Potula. Once again, today's sponsor is a little book by the name of Graham Toker's Potula. Huh? Huh? Buds. Okay, if you have been following along, and I hope you have, with the last handful of Book Bow Wednesday episodes, you will know I am working my way through, and working is not the correct um, term because I am very much enjoying, uh, I am enjoying my way through the Dark Tower series by Mr. Stephen King. This is my second read-through of this series. Uh, the reason I decided to do this is because, A, it's been many years since I have read them, and two, um, he just put out a new book in the series, so I was very, very curious about that. And um, since it's been many years, I didn't think I would know what was going on if I didn't start from the beginning. So, that is what I've done. In this Book Bow Wednesday podcast episode of the Lackadaisical Librocubriculus, we will discuss... Uh, not burps. That is disgusting. We will not discuss them. Huh? Uh, we will discuss book four of the Dark Tower series called Wizards and Glass. Ooh, 
Maybe. This was a very interesting book. Since I f I'm, I'm going to try to get this done on one drive, as opposed to a drive to and from work, uh, I'll just jump right into my notes and see what they have to say. If you remember, we left off speeding along in Blaine the Mono. Something that I haven't been doing and don't want to do is to do too much backtracking as far as what's happened in previous books. For the simple reason that you have at your disposal, nice and easy peasy, the um, previous podcast I have done. So, probably not a good idea to jump in with this one. Uh, go back and listen to the last uh, three Book of Wednesday podcasts. Why don't you? I can't think of a reason. I cannot. That's kind of um, maybe uh, unintentionally smart on my part. Uh, that now you have to listen to multiple podcasts to know what's going on. I did not plan it that way. I have, uh, if you have not gathered so far, very few um, things, very few in the way of plans whatsoever regarding the podcast. I hope it's not too, too apparent. Anyways, uh, we left off with our quartet of Roland, Susanna, Eddie, Jacob, boy, uh, traveling along at very, very high speeds on Blaine the Mono, Blaine the Mono, the insane train, who's a pain, who was speeding towards his destruction, unless the group, the Katet, um, could stump him with a riddle. Roland gave his, gave it his best, but could not stump him. Uh, Jake brought out his book that he had brought from our world, this one in which I am speaking, to Roland's world, in which uh, these events are happening, uh, could not stump him. However, Eddie... Uh, Eddie. Eddie, perhaps not uh, thought of as the most intelligent of the Katet, however, used his, used the skills that he did, that he does possess in order to defeat Blaine. How did he do it? Through his mighty, mighty intelligence? No. He did it, um, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh, not being fair to Eddie, because he was smart when he did. He did, um, something that people trying to defeat uh, sentient robots uh, have done in many instances. He tricked them through, I guess, e-logic. E-logical. E-logical. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Reminded me of, there was an episode of Star Trek, the original series, in which um, the crew was on a planet with a bunch of robots, and um, they used e-logic to confuse them to such a degree that they all kind of went haywire. Uh, that was one with, oh, let me see, yeah, Harton Fenko, Hart, Harton, Hart, 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 what was his name? Harry Mudd. His name was Harry Mudd, and what was his name? Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Oh, okay, so it's not very often that I am proud of myself that, uh, that happens very, very infrequently, but the fact that I, who have horrible, horrible uh, trouble remembering names, <laughs> remembered Harcourt Fenton Mudd, a character from the original Star Trek who did two or three episodes. That's pretty impressive. Come on. Give me, give me some nerd props for that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> back to Wizards and Glass. So Eddie used um, illogic jokes, uh, if you will, I guess you would say, to sort of short-circuit this. Um, 
the the joke or the the joke or the uh, riddle. I guess that 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 is what confused Blaine is that it was a riddle competition, but Eddie brought in jokes, so uh, it sort of confused him. He he answered a great many of them. However, the one as Eddie was asking them, he would get slowly, slowly more and more pissed off and was having more and more difficulty answering the riddles slash jokes. And I brought back the one that sort of uh, was the tipping point into him losing and uh, short-circuiting. It was a classic joke, really. Uh, Why did the dead baby cross the road? Is my pause for your answer there a little longer? Um, Because it was stapled to the chicken. (laughs) Uh, Good one. So, um, Blaine the Mono, Blaine the Pain Train Mono, did crash, however, not in a spectacular uh, explosion that would have killed them all. So they made it safely out. They made it safely out to Topeka, Kansas. What? How did they... What? Who did it? So... They ended up coming from Roland's sort of world to an alternate Topeka, Kansas. This is where this book, if you can't sort of get your mind around alternate universes, you might have a little trouble uh, understanding and sort of knowing what's going on at, as it as it gets more more um, wibbly wobbly. Let's say, hmm. yeah, that's a Doctor Who reference, so that, that makes sense. Sure. Anyways, uh, the Topeka, Kansas. This is this is also where I start loving this book, coincidentally, loving this series, not that I haven't been, but just where it's, okay, let's say this, where it started to blow my mind. Um, The Topeka, Kansas that they end up in uh, is one that has zero inhabitants and has the sort of feel of a ghost town, because as the catet of Roland, Susanna, Eddie, Jake, and boy learn it has been overrun and decimated by the super flu. What? The super flu, you ask? What is that from? The super flu from Stephen King's novel The Stand. Stephen King's novel The Stand, that uh, is in my top five books of all time. Uh, The super flu, sometimes called Captain Trips, um, was a virus that killed billions of people on the globe. Almost everybody. And uh, they they are now in that world. Which... Uh, I should point out they learn through sort of uh, the fact that there are subtle differences between um, the world that Eddie and Susanna and Jake came from to this Topeka, Kansas. The fact that there's no Coca-Cola instead of Coca-Cola, it's Nazala Cola. There's there's no Hondas, it's Takuras, uh, things like that. Um, Kansas City Royals don't exist, but in this universe, it's the Kansas City Butterflies. So they know they're not in their reality. They're in a slightly different one. Cool? Yes, it is. Okay, so... Burr, 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 so, they know where they are, basically. They know where they're headed, basically, to the Dark Tower. So what do they do? They keep on trucking. They have no choice but to keep on trucking. It is Ka. Ka. Destiny. Honor. Other words like that. Uh, so they so they head on down the road. They come to a something blocking the road. Let's say they see it in the distance. It appears to be a, a glass castle. So what they do is sit down and have a chat. 
Now, this is where uh, this book for me is different than a lot of books that I have ever read because it is almost as, as if it is uh, a beginning of a book, which I just talked about, an end of a book, which I will talk about, and the entire middle of the book is just Roland sitting around the campfire uh, with the members of his group, his quartet, um, telling a story from his early life. And I'm going to go 90%, yeah, 85 to 90% of this 700-page book is Roland telling this story. I decided when I uh, was going to do this podcast that I was not going to say basically anything at all about this story because I hope you read this for yourself and can experience this for yourself. My thought is that uh, Stephen King so much loves this universe. He has created this book series, this character, Roland in particular, that he decided to give him uh, an extremely in-depth backstory, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of backstory. Um, so I'm going to leave it up to you to read that. Just to point out that the story is just sort of very, 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 very basically involves uh, Roland at about the age of uh, 14, 16, somewhere in there. He has earned his guns. He is a gun slinger, officially. Um, he has been sent away from sort of the hub of his world to the outskirts to be kept safe. Um, however, he arrives there with Cuthbert and Elaine, two members of his um, gang sort of gunslinger apprentices, although they're the same age as him. And the whole story is sort of, it reminded me of... Uh, a very, very dark uh, Hardy Boys adventure. Because <laughs> they're, they're sort of of that Hardy Boys age at this point. Um, when I was uh, much, much younger, I read... Jesus. Had to be 20, 30 Hardy Boys novels. So, <laughs> I, I know what a Hardy Boys novel feels like. And this had uh, sort of the feel of a gritty... Uh, a very, very gritty, dark western... Western-themed, very light on the fantasy aspects, Hardy Boys novel. So uh, I enjoyed it very, very much. Needless to say, uh, it talked about Roland's first love and just sort of the beauty of it is that it's 500 pages of why he, 500 plus pages of why he has turned out to be the man he is today. Today, meaning when he is traveling with the members of his group towards the Dark Tower. How about that? Okay, so uh, let's leave that behind, getting close to home, with uh, when he finishes his story. It's one of those um, things that seems to happen a lot in this world, and Roland will point it out occasionally, that time is um, basically a good way, I think, to say it is wonky. So his chat, his talk of times past, uh, lasted... Per, perhaps hours, perhaps days, perhaps weeks of just chatting around the campfire. However, it didn't feel that long to the members of his group. So kind of uh, some, some different time manipulation, weird stuff like that, because the world has moved on. Hmm. Uh, so they, it's almost like woke up and then started on 
onward again and came across what was blocking their path. What was blocking their path turned out to be a emerald castle, an emerald palace, an emerald city, you might say. Uh, just before they reach it, uh, on the road in front of them, they come across red footwear. Huh. Perhaps ruby red footwear. Mm-hmm. Ruby red footwear. So uh, Roland had ruby red uh, cowboy boots. The Susanna, who we have mentioned, does not have legs. <laughs> got little uh, things to put over her stumps. Uh, Jake got some sneakers. Eddie got some uh, like disco shoes, I think they, how they were described. Even Oi, Oi, the bumbler, who is kind of, I guess, if you don't know what I'm talking about, sort of dog-like, dog meets raccoon-ish. Uh, you've got some little booties. Within this palace was a very, very bad man. Very, cannot stress how bad. Uh, sometimes known as Randall Flagg, for Christ's sake. Jesus fucking Christ. Randall Flagg from The Stand. Finally, we see the connection there. Randall Flagg, um, the devil, perhaps you may know him as. He is a bad man from Roland's past, known as Martin, sort of his arch nemesis through these um, thousands of years, yes, of Roland traveling, sometimes known as Merlin. What? So a man by many, many names who has always been evil, has always tried to corrupt the world, and I believe we're starting to learn possibly he is trying to destroy the Dark Tower or something to that effect. We're still not 100% sure on, on, that, on that score. Uh, this is a man who we learn in this sort of end section of this novel was there and I guess you would say influential in the death of Roland's mother. I should point out, and I'm almost at home, so we'll use this as this sort of shocking ending. Uh, Roland, through sort of mystical means, um, sort of at the hand of this uh, Martin Merlin Randall goddamn flag, killed his own mother. Accidentally. However, killing your own mother, even accidentally, is going to leave some scars, I imagine. Mental scars mental scars. Folks, I am at home. That was an interesting one. I got very excited, and hopefully you will too. Hopefully you freaking read along with these awesome books. I really hope you do. This book, I almost forgot to give a rating there. This book, 5 out of 5. Easy peasy to give scores like that to books like this. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. 
Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.